Thank you, Carletta, for that beautiful music. If you have your Bible and would open it, I'm going to go to the New Testament book of James, and we start today the third chapter, chapter 3. And I'm simply going to read two verses there. And the second one really to just explain the first one, or the context of the first one, where he says in the first verse, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. The next verse kind of explains, I think, why he thinks about and why he wants to say a word about the role of teaching. And this second verse says, We all stumble in many ways, but if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's perfect and able to pretty much do anything. If you can, if you can control, James says, what he says. We might use the word speech. Later in the chapter, he uses the word tongue, conversation, words, talk. That's what he's referring to. And he, and he goes into that in this next section. And so my understanding would be that wanting to talk about talk and emphasize the importance of what you say, the kind of an opening salvo that James fires as this topic comes to his mind is people who talk for a living, people who talk because it's their job, it's their role, it's their task to talk. Talk, 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 talk. And so he thinks uh, especially of teachers. You know, uh, it is true that every profession has its tools. So the... If you're a plumber, you have a pipe wrench, or at least you used to in the old days before shark bite, where, where you just put things together. But uh, if you're a taxi driver, you have your car. If you're a surgeon, you have your scalpel. That sort of is a symbol of, of who you are, what, what you do. Teacher, teachers use words. That's their implement. That's their tool to be able to, uh, to craft words. The power of teaching is especially through the implement or utensil or tool of speech. So I take it that that is the connection in James's mind. So a teacher is a person who crafts words or is seeking to use this tool of words, language, to influence and to inform people in 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 their different in different ways in different capacities <clears throat> there are apart from what we would refer to formally as a teacher there are many professions that use words crafting those words for their influence and so this could be an extremely broad idea. 
that teachers should be careful. And people who want to be teachers or who are thinking of being teachers should be careful. It's really a broad thought in one sense. Because if teaching is the use of words to inform and influence people, then what about writers and songwriters and speechwriters and reporters and editors? People who write textbooks and plays and advertisements. People who contribute to magazines and blogs and on and on and on. There's many professions where the use of words to inform people and to influence people is at the heart of what that profession is. And today, actually, if James were writing today, I think he would be not only connecting teaching with words, but of course today with images, even possibly more so than words, because our world has gone away from language and it's gone to pictures. And so everything, everywhere, somebody is using a picture, an image, to inform us or to influence us, which is the essence of what happens in teaching. And so I think, you know, I want to mention that, that uh, the concern of James is that the influence that a teacher has over anyone else is, from God's point of view, accountability. That's his main underlying theme. Don't need to be scared of being a teacher. That's not his point, to make someone scared of being a teacher. But he does want you to be scared of or be wary or be concerned about the influence that a teacher has. And I'm simply saying it's not with words alone today, but because of the world in which we live, there is the, the influence of images that are everywhere and significant in some ways more even than words today. And so I'm going to come down from the large picture. I'm going to draw back from the large picture in a moment. But, but just thinking in the big picture of the, of the idea of teacher. There are uh, many, many roles far beyond someone who stands up in a classroom. In front of a whiteboard or a chalkboard or a computer or whatever it is. There's many, many roles far beyond that. That would involve this information and influence that we call teaching. A parent teaches a child all the time. Sometimes on purpose and sometimes inadvertently. A boss may teach an employee or a professional may teach their intern or a money manager might teach their investor how this is done, how to go about it, how to think, how to react, how to pay attention, what to pay attention to. Today's world, there are relationship coaches and life coaches and uh, counselors and psychologists and advisors and, and all sorts of people to teach you how to think, how to live, how to get along, how to function, how to survive. And in fact, in my estimation or my thought, anyone who either because of, of your education or your experience has somehow created a product or achieved a, a level of, 
of victorious living, there's going to have people coming at times and saying, what's your secret? How do you do this? Um, show me what you know. I would appreciate your input. And in that moment and in those places, we become teachers. And it's a very, as I say, a very, very broad idea that to teach is to influence someone. It's not only to inform, it is often information. And when we think of a kid in school, we tend to think of that side of it. Did you learn these equations in your math class? Did you learn how to, how to stay on your side of the road in driver's ed? I mean, we, we want the information to be correct and we sometimes kind of focus on that because of the type of the class that it is. But the information becomes influence. In fact, that's part of, that's part of his point. That depending on, I'm going to just say, the content chosen to inform and the slant or perspective or purpose that the teacher has with that information, you can, you can do a lot of different things with a piece of information. And in the process, you can tremendously influence an individual's life. Think of the terrorists' training camps we read about. Places where terrorists go or somehow use the word... We hear the word, they become radicalized. In other words, someone, someone whispered in their ear and influenced their thinking to just completely erase uh, a mentality they might have had before and just fill that vacuum and fill that void with hate and, and terror and so forth. Tremendous influence from information. If it's what it is and, and how it's presented. <clears throat> so, teaching, <laughs> when James says not everybody ought to be a teacher, teaching we realize is vast and broad. And I hope you can agree with what I've said so far, but I want now to back off from that and to say that the kind of teaching that he's referring about to here, about here, and that he's warning is a bit dangerous because it is going to bring a greater scrutiny and a greater accountability from God. That is not some of this broadest sense of teaching that we just were talking about. Um, what is it? Where do we start? Who are these teachers? Why is James? Um, warning them and calling them out and saying, look, it's a dangerous group to be a part of because you're going to be noticed and paid attention to and given stricter accountability from God. Well, as I said, there's, there's, a, certain, there's a certain part of teaching that probably is so broad that I suspect that all of us would fit into it. Probably every one of us in here in this room, at some time or other, we function in some role or circumstance as a teacher. But it's, that's, uh, that's not what James is thinking about here. He is not referring to this broad sense of being a teacher, nor is he even thinking about a professional teacher. Just because you may teach math or driver's ed, or you may be hired on, you might be a professor at a college, and this is your, your job, you're a teacher, 
that is in itself also not, not exactly what he's thinking about here, although some of the things do apply to a professional teacher. But that is not who he has in mind here. He has in mind here, and he's talking about, thinking about, uh, those who preach or teach. I use these terms, use the term uh, beseech. Uh, in the church. He's talking about not those who might teach grammar or history, but those who would teach this scripture, the truth of God. He's talking about in the context of the Christian community, the teachers who break to us or share with us or who share their information and become influential in our lives through of the word of God. And I say that for, for two reasons. Number one. He's, he's writing to the Christian community. He says there in this verse, My brothers, not many should presume to be teachers, my brothers. But he also says, We who teach. And that clues me in on the fact that James is talking about his own, he's talking about himself. And he's, we know who James was. We know what James did. He became the leading, the pastor, I'll say, of the, of the Christian church in the city of Jerusalem. And he's talking about the kind of a role, the, the role of communicating the Scriptures to the people, explaining it, applying it, He's talking about this role that he himself had in his own life. And he's saying it's a, it's a role that God takes so seriously that he pays attention to certain aspects that he, per, that he may not teach or that he may not pay attention to in other uh, gifts or callings or responsibilities. And so don't just because perhaps there is an opportunity or a chance or a... Um, an opportunity to be a teacher in the church, maybe not everybody should jump at it for a number of different reasons. The Bible does say, the New Testament does say, that God calls and prepares by giving gifts some people to this role. And when I say preacher or teacher, I think in my mind that part of them are, are kind of synonymous. A preacher informs and exhorts. Now that you know this, here's what we need to do, brothers and sisters. A teacher informs and applies and says, now here's what you need to know and here's how you need to put it at work in your life. And these two things are, are these two ideas, you know, become, become practically synonymous. Uh, the preacher part being different from the pastor part in what we may sometimes lump together very easily into one role. The preacher role is different or is a specific thing. The teaching role is a specific thing. Just for example, in Romans 12, I have some scriptures there you can read. In Romans 12, I want to read a couple of verses. We have different gifts I'm in verse 6. According to the grace given to us, if a man's gift is prophesying, 
Let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. In other words, there are there's an element or a a need and a calling by God that he calls here the teacher. This is different, for example, than the visionary or the leadership part or uh, other parts of even the role of a pastor. This is, um, this is the specific uh, understanding that we have here. We have here a textbook that uh, needs to be understood, that needs to be explained, that needs to be applied to our lives. And so the, the teacher, in whatever type of setting or whatever type of role, specifically he's talking about is the, those who teach God's word to other people. And I think I have here in your sermon notes that I think he's talking about in somewhat of a formalized role. In other words, he's just not talking about some teaching that happens to take place in the you know, in the car, in a conversation on the way to the beach. And it really, you know, you, it, it was just something that inadvertently happened and you got to talking about a passage of Scripture. Not that that's wrong or that's, I mean, that's wonderful. But I think that when he's saying those who would presume to be teachers, he's talking about more of a, of a sort of a, a formalized situation, a Sunday school class teacher, a, a pastor who's preaching um, or those kind of things where in the church there is the role. Some guys go on the road and women have seminars and do teachings and call people together and this kind of thing. It is the, it is the understanding and the explaining and applying the words and the ideas and the truth and the treasures of the Bible to our lives. That he's talking about as a as a calling, as a role. So, let me just make a couple of comments about speaking of teachers. Now I'll go back to the classroom for a second. Did, did you do you know why the t- the teacher married the janitor? He just swept her off her feet. <laughs> and how come teachers always tell you to follow your dreams, but they won't let you sleep in class? I've already touched on this. Teaching of the scriptures. Because it's influential, then the Lord is saying it's consequential as well. And so James is simply saying, look, if somebody says to you, hey, would you teach my class? Would you uh, would you teach this group? James is saying, well, don't take it casually. Don't say, yeah, I don't have anything better to do. Or, sure, I'll just go off the top of my head and I won't prepare. I won't uh, try to worry. I won't work on it. But, sure, I'll do that. It's a, the, it, God expects more than that. This is what he's saying. And so, if it's not something to be taken casually... And if it's not something that we should enter into lightly, then certainly 
the reason why anyone would be a teacher is important. If you just want to teach because perhaps you feel that there's some sort of glamour or notoriety or uh, not notoriety, but popularity connected to it. If somehow the idea of sort of being in the front of the group or being the spokesman to the group, if that appeals to you in a sense of personal pride, then that's not really a reason to do it because God is looking at the whole big picture. And he says, God's going to say to you, what did you teach? How seriously did you teach it? And why did you even do it to start with? You're going to be held to a stricter accountability because of, because of the, um, the, the tremendous importance of what it is you teach. You know, we all want and need teachers to be correct and precise in their information. But even if a teacher in science or math or even if they have something slightly out of whack or even if somehow... Uh, they, they, they handle the facts not too kind of sloppy. Perhaps there's not as great a consequences. But when, when we don't teach this seriously, when we handle this in a sloppy way, the effects on people's lives because of the type of information and influence that the Scripture has is so different from many other areas. Is, is a tremendous difference. You know, this, this book is the truth of God for our world and for our lives. And uh, if we don't take it seriously, and we, then we're not going to really believe it. The consequences are, affect relationships. The, con- the consequences affect the souls and the hearts of people, even their eternal destiny. The consequences affect uh, so many areas of life that are of ultimate importance. And so, it's why we would be a teacher is an important part of the thing. And I want to say, to remind you of these verses where it says God calls people to teach. So don't think, oh, just because James says I better be careful, then automatically that uh, I I can just assume, well, God wouldn't, I'm glad for that warning because that helps me to always say no and that God would never call me or touch my heart because I don't want the greater responsibility. That's not the point. And that's not his, even though he gives a warning, he's not trying to discourage anybody from seeking or desiring the job or the role, responsibility of being a teacher. What he's saying is, as you become a teacher, keep this in mind. You're going to have a judgment that is going to be based on the seriousness with which you took this responsibility and this role. He's not saying don't take it or don't, uh, don't answer the call of God for it. It's not meant to, it, it is meant to discourage anybody who's wanting to teach for, for the wrong reasons. It is meant to discourage people who might say, sure, I'll be a teacher, sure, I'll be a teacher, but they don't want to. They're lazy. And they don't want to give what it takes to be a good teacher. They don't want to, they want to answer God's call, but they don't want to put any effort into it. And I think it's meant to wake a person like that up and to discourage them and to point out to them that it is a serious matter that they need to take, that they need to be uh, taken into account. Let me read a couple verses from 1 Timothy and 
also from 2 Timothy. I'll start with chapter 2, verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. If you teach, you're working. You're a workman. You're a craftsman. And what you're handling here, he says, what you're working with is the word of truth. And so James says, be very, very diligent. Be, uh, the King James Version uses the term study. Study to, to present the product unto God as acceptable. and Something that's not shoddy, something you don't need to be ashamed of. Because it's the word of truth, and you need to know how to, to parse it. You need to know how to divide it. The, the, the Greek term here is a, a combination word that says, cut it straight. Cut it straight. And that doesn't mean just, uh, that, that doesn't mean to be brusque. It just means to understand the big picture. See the whole big pie so that when you cut the pieces, you don't have uh, some pieces big and some pieces small. You know, I... I I'm just a personal moment. I remember many years ago when I first got my, my Hebrew Bible. And inside of the cover of my Hebrew Bible, I wrote the words of the verse of Proverbs that says, um, Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will not serve before obscure men, but he will serve before kings. And I wrote that verse there as a challenge to myself and as a commitment to the Lord. I didn't, you know, when I found the language and the characters and all this stuff interesting and fascinating, but it wasn't my main, it wasn't enough to motivate me in and of itself. But I wanted to learn because I knew someday I would be with people like yourself. By the way, uh, you're kings to me. You're not obscure people. And I don't care if when I teach, it doesn't matter to me if there's 500 people or if there's five people. I look at it absolutely no differently in my preparation, in my attempt to, uh, to break out or to bring or explain or uh, apply what, God, what God's truth is. Um, there's no obscure person. And, and I, I, made, I, made, I wrote that verse as my own commitment to learn this stuff. So that I, could, uh, that I could be a person skilled in my work. Because this was my calling. I knew that this was what God had, had called me to do. And so he's saying, look, if this is your calling, then do your best to present yourself, to present this as something that God approves. Uh, in chapter 3, in verse 15, verse 14, he says, verse 15, From infancy you have known the holy scriptures that are able to make you wise for salvation through, your, through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is, the, the, the Greek language here says, Pasagraphe theonoustos. Theonoustos. It's, it's, a, it's a, a breathing out from God. That's why I say, of course it's serious. This is breathed out by God. We use the word often inspired of God. 
that God's truth in the realm and the, the, the universal mind that God has, somehow he, he, he breathed the ideas of it and the truth of it into the minds of men, and women, of men uh, who wrote it down, who recorded it in some fashion. In, in their own personalities notwithstanding, what comes through is the truth of God. And so he says, look, all the sac- sacred writings, pasagrafe, all of, the, all of these things, these sacred writings, they're all breathed to us by the breath of God. So, they are profitable or they are useful. The teacher is the person that shows you the prophet. The teacher is the person who enables you to feel or understand, ah, oh, there's something useful here. Something that actually can help to change me or guide me or inspire me in my life. <clears throat> and therefore, if it's a serious matter then I should be willing to do what it takes, whether it means here, study or prepare. I had a, I, I'm not going to go into this. I had a picture here I was going to use to illustrate the fact that so many, look up Uncle Sam. Uh, I used to think it was a myth because that's what I'd heard and been told there was no real Uncle Sam. There is a real Uncle Sam. You can look it up. But my point in, in mentioning that is this. Just as surely as we sometimes get sold to bill of goods, now they say there was no Betsy Ross and blah, blah. And, I get, and guess what? People who teach the Scriptures will tell you that, that there was no Jesus. That there was no uh, Solomon or King David. I read just recently an article in, uh, uh, on um, King Solomon that said he, the man was a myth. And possibly King David was too. And the, and the copper mines at Timnah in uh, Jordan were really Egyptians. And I'm saying to myself, well, maybe the Egyptians were a myth. I mean, it seems like if it's long ago or it's far away, we tend to disbelieve. And I'm simply saying to you, the teacher will study and, and research and say, why would I believe that something didn't happen when the book says it did? Unless I'm so lazy that I won't check it to find out or I won't do research and so forth. So teaching God's word, motives matter and truth matters. And... And, and both of these are what he's saying. I got to. I got to move. Teachers try to keep their lesson uh, somewhat on time. Here's here's two two more thoughts about the the, the reality of teaching. First of all, uh, I think that James doesn't use this word. James doesn't say this word. But this is also part of the reason why we should be careful if we were going to be teachers. And that is that the judgment of God is not only possibly looking at. What do you teach and why do you teach it? But does your life, since we're talking about moral conditions and more, since we're talking about spiritual conditions here and not math or science, does your life match what you're telling others? That's a very important part of what James is trying to bring across here. In other words, God doesn't suffer hypocrites lightly. So if as a teacher of the scripture, I'm out here explaining to you how to have your ducks in a row, but I don't have my ducks in a row. That doesn't go over well with God. And there's a lot of people that don't have their ducks in a row. That's why they shouldn't be a teacher. Of God's word. It doesn't, it's not saying that we have to be perfect. But it's saying God pays real close attention. When I say to someone thus and so. This is how you should live. But then I go out and I don't live that same way myself. 
And so there's the technique of teaching, but there's also the truth of teaching, which means that if it is true as God's word, then I will be held accountable for whether I cut it straight and whether I actually explained and said that to, to, to people. I need to quit. I need to finish here. And the big point that I want to leave you with is that of influence. The teacher is held accountable because of the, of the potential that they have to influence other people. Now, why and how is that a big problem? Or not a problem. Why is that a big deal? Influence. Well, it's like this. I just want to say two things. First of all, I have never met a baby who already had their mind made up. When a child is born, all, child, all children, I got to meet my granddaughter. About a week ago, we bonded. <laughs> I fed her some popcorn, and <laughs> I gave her a pocket knife. We, we were doing real good. Every child is born innocent. And every one of you were born with no convictions. And now today you have all kinds of convictions. Where did you get them? Where did they come from? Somebody influenced you. You read it. You heard it. You saw it. You, somehow or other it all conglomerated together in your mind. The influence of people is incalculable. It is inescapable. And every one of us are on both sides of that equation. Second, because... We are social beings. We receive this influence from each other. It's almost like our skin is porous. Our mental skin, is, our brain is porous. And we can just bleed into, we can absorb these convictions of other people. When somebody says, look, look, this is so and you better believe it. It kind of jolts us and we say, well, maybe I should believe it. This guy believes it emphatically. This guy acts on it, lives his life on it. This kind of impresses me. And this is because we're social beings. And I have to think of the, the term, or I think of the word, in, I have to think of the warning of Jesus in Matthew 12 when Jesus said, look, don't even cause another person to sin. Because if you do that, you'd just be better off to tie a cinder block around your neck and jump in the lake. Now, some people say, well, I don't cause anybody to sin. What, do I put my hand on the trigger while he had the gun pointed at the dude? I don't cause anybody to sin. I just say my little piece and do my little thing. Jesus said you cause, we can cause each other to sin. What that means is sometimes some people aren't strong enough to withstand our influence. And so our influence conveys to them. And they take it and they run with it. And we cause them to sin if we've taught them the wrong thing. If we have led them in the wrong direction. And so uh, they form the basis, the, the influence of other people forms the basis of behaviors and decisions in our lives. And that's why God takes it very seriously. And this is the basis of how and why we witness to people. And this is the basis and the essence of teaching. And that's why James says, look, be very careful if you presume, if you feel God has called you to do teaching in the church, wonderful. And I, I think, my, I need, a, 
I need to make sure that you don't go out here and all of everybody who's teaching class resign and say, wow, <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. I want to make sure you understand that he wants teachers and he, he needs teachers and he calls teachers. And it's, a, and it's a marvelous opportunity to be a teacher. However, you just need to understand the other side of the coin. That's all. That there is, because of the, because of the, uh, of the, in, the responsibility, there is certainly an accountability that goes along with that. I think I've taught you, taken you long enough, um, rather than sing a closing hymn, I'm just going to ask that you would stand together for a moment of prayer. Holy Spirit of God, I know that I don't ultimately teach anybody. You may use my ideas or my words or my language, my arrangements of thoughts to help the truth of the Scripture to lodge in someone's heart, but you're the teacher. The Lord Jesus said, He will teach you all things concerning me. And so... From this book, this book about Jesus, both his prophecies to come and the record of his coming and the predictions of his return. We want to learn. Because it not only tells us how to be saved, it tells us how to live, it tells us how to relate, it tells us how to get along with each other and how to, how to bless each other, it tells us how to prosper and to do well. So many, so many parts of it are are your truth and the, and, and the spirit, spirit of God. You are the teacher who, who, who lodges these things in our hearts where we have these aha moments and we're never the same because it got a hold of us and it never let go. We rejoice and thank you today. I thank you that we can learn from each other, that the teachers can also be taught. And that it is a circle that you have set forth. And we all sit parked somewhere on the circle, but in, in the revolution of it, we all give and we all receive. Bless every teacher. Make us all afraid, very wary of the, of the accountability. At the same time, Fill us with fire to teach because of the, of the importance of it and because of the calling that is on our lives. In whatever form or circumstance this may show itself. We thank you for the privilege of gathering. I thank you for each person who is here. I, I know that we have such a variety of backgrounds and experiences and even even probably last night or yesterday or this morning, what different routines we have. But we were, were so blessed to be able just to spend an hour together in your care, in your word. We praise your holy name, Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen. Thank you for coming today. May the Lord bless you as you go. Go to Sunday.